Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders and today I'm excited to be talking with Belgium director Alain Plateau from Le Les Ballets de la Bie, which is in fact not a ballet company and is anything but a typical dance company. Thank you for joining us, Alain. Hello. Nice to, uh, to be with you. So we're speaking to you today. I'm in London. You're over in, in Belgium at the moment, I understand. Um, we are touring at the moment and for, uh, we are in Nantes in France. Oh, you're in France at the moment. Oh. Fantastic. Yes, but we are in France. Yeah. Soon you'll be coming to London, bringing your new show with us. But before we talk about the, your your tour over to London, tell us. Um, let's go sort of right back to the beginning, where, I, as I understand, you started your choreographic career in 1984, which began as a bit of an accident, a, a bet. Tell us about that. How you got started? It's an interesting story. Yeah, well, I, um, I must say it, um, it is indeed a bit of an accident um, because my, my um, ambition was to become um, uh, an orthopédagogue, which is the Flemish word for remedial teacher. It's like a psychologue, pedagogue working with, uh, with uh, children in difficulties. Mm -hmm. And that was my, my real uh, ambition. But uh, at that time when I was studying and also after, and I was working as a remedial teacher. Um, I was interested in contemporary theater and dance very much. And uh, with some friends and family members, we started to make our own little performances. And apparently in, in that time, there was a sort of interest for what we were doing. And we were programmed in, in what I would call new alternative theaters. So that was the beginning of it and uh, we liked doing that and at a certain point I think I had to decide whether I wanted to do to continue doing this as, uh, uh, in a more professional way mm -hmm. and quit my job as a remedial teacher or uh, choose to quit the theater so I, I took the risk uh, to uh, to make theater and, and 30 years later I'm still doing it and enjoying it very much and your work is quite hard to classify um, and has been defined as radical dance theatre. How would you define your own choreographic style or your language of movement? Uh, maybe the reason why it's so difficult to classify is that I don't have this typical background as a mm. dancer or a choreographer, so uh, I kind of... Uh, yeah, I was messing around with <laughs> with people and 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 tried to figure out how to make theater that would please me and uh, and us in the first place. So I was um, very much uh, focused on what people wanted to share with me and uh, how they wanted to appear on stage. And since I was working with uh, people from very different uh, origins and and very different backgrounds, there was not one style that um, we could use for our performances. So we kind of mixed up a lot of things, uh, theater, dance, opera, music. Uh, and then also uh, when I was working with dancers, uh, I, I, I worked with dancers from different backgrounds, professionals, non-professionals. So we had to find our own style, which was a mixture of this all. And that's why uh, people sometimes 
uh, call it bastard dance, and I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, but um, um, uh, if I if I put it in a broader context, I wouldn't be able to define myself. I think it's nice to read it uh, described by others. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I try to be open for all kinds of people and all kinds of um, styles and all kinds of subjects. So I jump from one theme to another and sometimes I'm making performances that are much more musical uh, performances or, or very close to opera. Others are purely dance performances and then there's a mixture between theater and dance. Sometimes uh, I also invite people who come from a circus background. So maybe the the, the style I'm, 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 I'm into is, is, is a very eclectic one and, and, and that would be the only word I could find to describe myself. And what have, what have been some of the um, challenges that you faced coming into the dance world and well actually flourished in the dance world over the last you know 30 years and you've got you know you are quite an acclaimed uh, creator now but as you say without that traditional dance training background um, how has that journey been for you in terms of trying to find your your place within a world, particularly over the last 30 years, that has been quite defined, but also going through enormous amounts of change? Well, it, it, it's, uh, it's true that um, when we started, um, you know, we, we didn't we didn't think we could talk so well, so it would never be like classical theater that we would make, and we were not good movers either, so it would not be like um, um, a beautiful dance performance. It, it 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 was very much based on what we were able to do, and um, um, apparently in the beginning we made performances that gradually took the attention also of professional dancers. They were. Uh, intrigued by what we do and how we worked and so um, I must say that when the first professional dancers applied for working with us um, I, I was quite embarrassed because I you know I would never show people how they would dance or they, I would never make little choreographies or something like that um, and very often they laughed with uh, the comments I gave but uh, very soon I, I um, also got this information from them that they they kind of liked this naive approach of uh, how I looked uh, into dance and um, how I commented on what they were doing and it was very uh, it was nourishing them very much so the the embarrassment became little by little some sort of a how would I say um, a, a power I could use or or a strength much more than a power that I could use and and um, it it inspired a lot of people I worked with. Uh, this was the kind of feedback I got. Same thing happened with uh, musicians because you know I'm, I I have this very naive and maybe childlike approach of how I listen to music, you know, the, the, the emotional impact of uh, music is much more important for me than the technical uh, aspect of it. And uh, working with professional musicians, they, uh, they liked that very much. They very often gave me the comment that they made me think of how they approached music when they decided to become a professional musician before they became a professional musician. So there is something that 
that uh, in the beginning I was I was uh, very uh, uneasy about that uh, became a strength and that I um, think I could use as as a mean to uh, nourish other people. Mm-hmm. That's what I think was happening. It sounds uh, as though through the, your naivety, as you say, it removes some of the the barriers or the foundations or edges and enables freedom for artists to be able to you know revisit their their art in a in a different way um i agree uh, this is uh, this is the kind of uh, comment i got uh throughout my whole career and it kind of uh, reinforced me um so the naive approach in the beginning um is not there anymore of course because you know after 30 years of mm. experience you you have a, a certain look and and um but but yeah i still i still use this uh um this vision or this uh, look I, I try to 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 cherish it, it uh, as much as possible because i know that um um it helped me a lot in um, being very open to whatever I see and giving a lot of freedom to the people I work with. This is something that um, I heard on many occasions. People who work with me feel that they are very free to at least try a lot of things. That um, they, they, f- they feel in the, in, in the period of uh, rehearsals a lot of uh, trust, mm. um, a lot of confidence so that they can at least uh, be very vulnerable. And they know that I will never use um, anything that I see in the in the, the studio without their approval. Um, um, it's not because they are showing some things that sometimes are very strong, because you know, in the, the rehearsal period, people are, are of course were very willing to open up and to, to show very uh, fragile um, parts of themselves to open up uh, um, all this, but but I will never uh, abuse it. Yeah, and I think also as I as I listen to you, uh, it makes me sort of think and question about you know, what is dance and the question of accessibility and exclusivity. And I think the work which you produce, um, and particularly the way that you talk about it, is. I think art makes me ask myself, you know, question myself. It, it provides this tension between who is allowed to dance and what is dance. And on the other side of that, everyone can dance. Everyone is allowed to dance. And mm. it provides this tension between the many years that it takes to become a dancer and the inherent uh, uh, movement that we have as humans of, of this desire to dance. And so I think it's this really interesting tension um, that your work poses to what dance is. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, always, uh, I've always, always seen it as a, as a way to talk about these feelings that are so difficult to talk about uh, with words. You know, it's like um, 
when we don't find any words anymore to express our most deepest feelings, then the body takes over. This is the kind of uh, vision I have about dance. And and um, of course there are there are techniques and there are different styles and forms. And I do appreciate lots uh, lots of different forms of dance. But for my work, I like it when um, when movements are used to express, uh, as I said, those feelings that we are afraid of to talk about. Um, yeah. Or that, can't, as you say, can't be articulated by sometimes. by words. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So tell us yeah. about your your new show that's coming to Settlers Wells in London uh, later this month, of which I know that I have difficulty pronouncing um, Nietzsche Schaflin, which is obviously you say it better than I. You tell you you tell me how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a, there is a, a link between German and, and Flemish, so it, it's true. I can I can say it. Um, uh, I can pronounce this in, in, in the German way, nicht schlafen, which means um, do not sleep. It's, it's a performance that um, uh, has been made uh, in, you know, last year, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it was triggered by, um, by Gérard Mortier. Gérard Mortier is a theater, a theater and opera director who died in 2014, and um, who throughout my whole career uh, kind of pushed me forward in listening to other kind of music than just Bach, because I, I'm, I'm this Bach uh, passionate. Um, and um, he, before dying, uh, after, after inviting me to, to make a work around the, the music of Mozart in 2003, and then to make one uh, with the music of Verdi and Wagner in 2012, he, he he told me, and now it's time to listen to the music of uh, Mahler, which was um, a, a huge uh, challenge for me because it's the kind of music that I really uh, didn't like um, at that time. But but uh, it was a challenge for me. So I was uh, one day I decided like maybe I, I should try, <laughs> and I think by listening to it, uh, informing myself about um, Mahler uh, as a person and, and a composer informing myself also about the time he lived in, mm-hmm. which is uh, the end of the 19th, beginning of the 20th century, which I think is a very, very exciting period. Um, and working with, with dancers on this music, I started to appreciate this music more and more. Um, I think what really helped me a lot to understand, uh, if I can say so, the music of Mahler is... Um, is uh, um, uh, reading a book by the historian um, Philippe Blom, uh, The Tumbling Years. He's talking about this period between 1900 and 1914, in which so many things happened uh, in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many changes occurred in a very um, fast tempo um, that it was also the beginning of, of, a, of a, a period of uh, great disasters, the First and the Second World War. Yeah. And um, Blom is making the parallel with what happens today. Not that he's saying that we should expect a third world war, but he he talks about these waves in history where sudden, fast uh, changes occur and then are leading to the same kind of um, results. You know, on a personal level, people who who um, become much more egocentric to mm-hmm. protect themselves, but also in a political way. People who are 
um, or, or a tendency, political tendency, who are uh, much more going to the to the, the right and extreme right. Mm. And this is this is a, a kind of parallel that he makes that I thought was very interesting, and I was interested in seeing if things that happened a hundred years ago are now happening again, more or less. Yes. And the music of Mahler was a, a very good um, uh, entrance to try to discover this. And so, what can audiences expect from from this performance? What are they well, going to see it, um, <laughs> or I, feel? Yeah, I think it's 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 much more about feeling than mm. than about um, understanding what what is going to happen. But but if you want, there is a very simple story. Mm. Uh, you know, you see a group of people entering a cer in a certain space, and the space has been defined by. Um, uh, an artist, a Belgian artist uh, who I admire a lot, uh, Berlin de de Brakere, and she made this sculpture of three dead horses and a huge uh, blanket uh, that surrounds it. So you see a group of people um, entering on this space and um, a bit like most of the performances that I make, um, it's about people who are in this space, in this very specific space, and because they stay there too long, a lot of things are happening. Um, in this context, you could imagine that they are um, uh, living a ritual um, around this uh, statue, and the, the music of uh, Mahler is pushing them forward. Um, there are a lot of things that I think people can associate with a certain kind of feeling that um, people describe nowadays a lot, you know, this, this, um, this feeling of fear, uncertainty, yeah. stress, frustration, feeling alone, looking for ways to cope with other people, to form new, um, new groups of people where you can, you can, you can feel empathy and compassion. So these, these elements are, are visible and, and you can feel in the performance. But if people are looking for a story, then I'm afraid um, we will disappoint them. I'm sure audiences won't be disappointed by this piece at all. Um, and you said before, you work with both professional and non-professional dancers from varied backgrounds and disciplines. Tell us about the, the cast or the group that you worked with for this particular piece. Well, in this case, um, it's a, a group of only professional uh, musicians and dancers, so no non-professionals or amateurs. But it's a, it's a mixed group of people I have been working with before and uh, new people. There are three new uh, young dancers in the, in the company. And um, I'm working with uh, some dancers I have been working with for sometimes 10, 12 years. And there are also two musicians um, whom I met in um, a previous performance called Kufatal, which was a, um, a music performance made with Congolese musicians who were uh, reinterpreting uh, European Baroque music. And the meeting with uh, meeting this this group of uh, musicians was for me uh, very important, you know. And they're very good movers. And I was thinking, like, wow, it would be great if I could invite them 
to participate in uh, in what we call a, a contemporary European uh, dance performance and confront them also with uh, this very um, typical European sad <laughs> music, which is uh, the music of Mahler, and and to see what they can um, add to that. Um, it's it's a, 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 a it's a, it, the idea was um, to to have only a male uh, a group of dancers because I wanted to also to question uh, men on how they feel nowadays and how their position uh, as a man is or how they feel about that. Uh, but there is also one woman in the performance who gives a very specific color to the whole performance. And what is that discussion around the male role that you're looking to have through this piece? Well, one of the things that uh, Philippe Blom described in his book, uh, The Tumbling Years, is that in the beginning of the, of the 20th century, men felt very um, insecure because of the fact that the position of the woman changed quite radically. It was the first wave of feminism. Uh, which 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 was linked also to the the social and economic position of the woman that changed very very radically in the beginning of uh, last century, and um, he is also talking about um, the same kind of feeling that he uh, can um, yeah the, the same concept that he can feel nowadays uh, in terms of how uh, men uh, and the position of the man. Uh, nowadays is uh, perceived and uh, it was something that I could recognize also um, I could recognize around me that men uh, are trying to redefine their position um, in um, as men in society and also in personal relationships with uh, with women and it was something I wanted to question I wanted to ask the dancers um, and uh, so the, the the original idea was uh, to work only with the male um, with the male cast, but there was one uh, female dancer I had been working with for a long time now, and she kind of uh, uh, um, yeah she, she she approached me on on different occasions asking if if she could join uh, this group of people. And in the beginning, I was um, I was not so eager to do so but after a while I was thinking why not and maybe she can be some sort of a, a story uh, that we can tell you know how mm. this woman is entering in this, in this group of men but during the rehearsal period we, we saw uh, very fast that uh, that would be a very poor story to tell because everything uh, she did uh, uh, was not only, not only extremely powerful but gave a color to everything that was, hap was happening in the, in the performance so her presence gives a very specific color to everything that happens in Nichtschlafen, and that was enough. So to make a statement about her uh, was uh, not at all necessary. It's interesting because the the exploration of the the role of the the male in um, society and in relationships today, and as you say, reflecting the the turn of the century experience, is again you seem to produce this tension um, 
with the, the current discourse of you know, feminism and the role of women and the experience of, of women. So it's interesting that again through your work um, and also your subject matter that you are creating these tensions and these questions and asking us to take a different view or to look at uh, the matter slightly differently. And I think that's again quite interesting that your work does that. Yeah, it's exactly because of, of this, this new wave of feminism that I could feel um, around me that uh, I thought it was interesting to, uh, to at least question it, it uh, around me. Um, and and it, 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 was a, yeah, yeah, it was a fantastic experience you know, to discover how these men were thinking and feeling about uh, this subject and also uh, the dialogue they had with uh, Béranger, uh, with um, the woman in the performance, was something that, that for me was a, a very uplifting and, and extremely positive. There was something very beautiful that happened between both of them that I think uh, can be um, in some way um, some sort of message also to the audience. And what sort of what message is that? Well, um, I think it has to do with the fact that the, 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 there was there is um, <laughs> there was a lot of of male elements that we discovered um, that the woman was uh, carrying with her, and a lot of female things that um, that the men were carrying with them that that uh, became apparent um, in the performance and. Um, it's it's something very not only beautiful to see, but also something that I think in what we discover in in all the discussions we maintain about gender um, problems and gender questions is something um, that I find very um, hopeful to see and to feel and to experience. I, I like the, like the, it, I like the it, message it, of hope. It, it sounds a bit, yeah, it sounds a bit abstract when I talk about it, but it's something that people, when they see the performance, are talking about after the performance. They feel very, they feel something very warm is happening between all these people on stage, whether they are men or female, uh, or men or women. Um, it doesn't matter anymore. That's how I. I, I even listening to you talk about that sort of gives me a bit of a warm, hopeful feeling. Uh, I'm certainly <laughs> looking forward to seeing seeing it and, and looking at the questions that I ask myself afterwards. But finally, um, I'm interested also um, in your view about what you see the future of dance is uh, in the in this particular time in which we which we live, and how do you see the future un unfolding for the dance world? That's that's a that's a very very difficult question. Yes. I'm, I'm afraid I won't be able to answer. <laughs> I can tell you that, it is that I'm still it? interested in, in. Yeah, yeah. I see. You, you, I, I love what I do, and I find it extremely intriguing to continue to work with people and to really use this kind of vision on on how how dance for me is much more than just something technical or formal, but but um, is a way of communicating things. Um, but at the same time, I can also appreciate to watch performances that are purely formal um, uh, or are um, 
are entertaining. So I'm I'm quite open to all sorts of um, of dance forms. I think, um, as always, um, things are happening um, in the cellars and on the attics. I mean, the the, the changes in in into art forms are happening on these places, and they will appear uh, little by little uh, on the bigger scenes. That's for sure. And and um, for me, it's 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 also very. Um, uplifting and very beautiful to see that uh, it's it's an endless thing you know people are inventing um, and are very uh, creative and, uh, and are inventing new forms all the time but at the same time there is a, a another situation that worries me much more and this has to do with politics and economics and i can see that in europe um, uh, culture is under threat a lot um, so I can feel that artists, at least where I live, are very concerned about the future of art and yeah, culture absolutely. in general. And um, they are looking for alternative ways to find means to continue to work. Uh, because they know that, and you can see it everywhere, that um, the first uh, places where they cut budgets, it's in culture. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the 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 other the other part of it, which which makes me worry much more than uh, than uh, when we talk about uh, the artistic future of dance, because mm. there, I believe, people, as I said, remain inventive and very crea creative. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we, we certainly feel it here here in the UK. The cuts to the arts are drastic um, with such yeah. far-reaching implications but there is something about hum human spirit and humanity where I think through that adversity people will continue to be inspired as you say to create and to express and as you say in the attics and in in the basements and you know down some yeah. dark dark corridors um the create creative process will continue and hopefully we will be able to see some of that coming into the, the main stages in the future when funding uh, returns to some sort of normal levels i just want to say thank you so much for yeah. joining us uh, today it's been My an pleasure. absolutely fascinating conversation and i'm looking forward to seeing your piece at Saddler's Wells and good luck with your tour. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.